Welcome to the CA Agenda podcast brought to you by ICAST. On this episode, I'm joined by the Sparkle Navigator herself, Carol Pike. Fresh from her fantastic session at the CA Summit, Carol is a personal brand evangelist who believes that your personal brand is the key to unlock your doors to success. Carol works with determined leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners who are ready to own their brilliance, embrace their imperfections and stand out in the crowd. Thanks for joining me today, Carol. Perfect. So tell me a bit more about your job title, the Sparkle Navigator, and and what is a person's sparkle? Well, first of all, I'm all about sparkle. And let me just say that sparkle actually um, was born when it was that I met Nelson Mandela. Okay. And it was the first time that I'd experienced meeting somebody whose presence spoke volumes. So it wasn't what he said, it wasn't what he did, it wasn't even the knowledge of his history and the stuff that he'd overcome that actually got your attention. It was how it was that he carried himself. And I decided that that was his sparkle. I've created the sparkle equation, which is to know who you are, understand the value you bring to the table, and then show up unapologetically on purpose. Because... The moment those things are in alignment, quite literally, magic happens. You don't compare yourself to other people. You stand in your truth and you aren't phased by the fact that some people may not like you, they may not agree with you, but that doesn't change who it is that you are and how you show up. And I'm thinking of it as personal branding reimagined. Because we've all got ideas about what personal brands are, you know, the, the Oprahs, the the um, the Richard Bransons, that's a personal brand. And you only need one of those if you're a celebrity. And I'm saying, actually, no. There is so much more to it than that. And I'm calling it Sparkle. Wow, I absolutely love that. And I love the sparkle equation as well, you know, really owning who you are and, you know, and, and, and taking pride in that and being unapologetically yourself. I think that's a, you know, a challenge for many, many people in today's society um, with the digital world and constantly comparing yourselves mm. to, to others. So I absolutely love it. And what an amazing story in terms of, you know, you're, you're, you, you meeting Nelson Mandela and, and that legacy of that, just that, that interaction with him and, and where you are today in terms of what you're, what you're doing. Um, so in terms of personal brand and something you mentioned there, there's lots of connotations attached to the term personal brand, right? And they're often associated with the world of celebrity. And you mentioned there sort of the, the Richard Bransons of this world, etc. But in your view, why is it just as vital for CAs to cultivate a strong personal brand as it as it is for any celebrity, actor or musician? Well, first of all, well, I want to kind of go back to the definition of a personal brand. And we think about it in terms of celebrity status. Jeff Bezos from Amazon says that it's what people say about you when you've left the room. And I say that it is the story you tell the moment you show up before you've said anything you're already projecting who it is that you are. And if you think about it, a personal brand, quite literally, is who you are and how you show up. So whether or not you have looked at what this means to me and and well-crafted it or not, 
you have a personal brand and people are already saying things like, yeah, you're the, you're the creative one or you're the one that if I have a problem that I always come to you for the solution because I know that you'll have the answer, you've already got one. And so it's from that place that actually, if you've already got one and the story that you are telling is already being told, is that the story that you want to tell or to have told about you? And if it is, then that's fine. But if it isn't, then it's looking at what do I need to adjust so that the story that's being told about me is the one that I want to be out there. Wow, there's a there's a lot to unpack there, Carol. But I guess the first question there is the piece around, you know, uh, and you you mentioned it uh, right at the beginning in terms of, you know, your personal brand is 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 the conversations that people have about you when you're not in the room, right? And I think for a lot of people, they may be wondering, well, how do I understand what my personal brand currently is? And then the, then looking forward, how do I cultivate the personal brand that I'm maybe looking or seeking to have? Well, I think about it that it already it starts actually with you because mm-hmm. we are not able to show up in the world in a way other than how it is we think about ourselves. So if we think that actually I can't get that job or I'm unable to do that because I don't have the right quali- qualities, qualifications, experience, whatever it is that we're saying to ourselves, that is how we show up in the world. If we aren't confident in in ourselves then when we show up we can't show up consistently as somebody that is confident so it really starts with you talking to yourself and actually just unpacking what skills qualities expertise do you have what are your strengths what are your values and actually start to get a rounded picture of who it is that you are because we have that whole idea that Whatever job it is that we're doing or whatever position it is that we hold, that is who we are. No, it's not. Those are the positions and the roles you play. The who you are is the person underneath all of those that carries those or walks through that. And so the first place is to just stop and actually have a look at who am I? What is it? Do those things make me feel good when I think about myself in that way? And if they do, then actually, how can I leverage that so that actually I can connect with more people? Because I think that personal branding is not an individual thing. It's a people thing. So even if you're an employer, then personal branding is important because if your employees know who they are and understand the value that they bring to the table and they are unafraid to be themselves, you have a more productive workforce. But it all starts with you stopping and taking a look at yourself and understanding what it is that you have. And then think about where do you want to be? How do you want to be seen? If you if if somebody was saying, tell me how I should talk about you when it is I leave this room, what do you want them to say? And is how you are operating or showing up congruent with that? You know, there are times where it is, and it's not an accountancy thing, but you've met people that are into personal grooming or into fashion styling or something, and you look at them and you think, yeah, that's really great, but I am never coming to you because they're not congruent with the message that they say that they want to share. Some really useful insights there, Carol. I think one piece that I've, you know, 
it's 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 really hit home for me because I've personally talked about this quite a lot, especially in, when when you look at equality, diversity, and inclusion in the workplace. If people mm. aren't empowered to be themselves, right, how mm. can they bring their fuller selves to work? And it's all linked together, right? Because even this personal brand piece, I've never really recognised how closely that is mm. is linked. If you're not confident in yourself, then you know that will have a have, have an, or have a clear understanding of yourself. You won't have uh, how how could you cultivate that personal brand? Um, so I guess when we're looking at that piece here and something you mentioned there is just to stop, to pause, reflect, take a look at yourself, your strengths, you know, your your your, your passions, etc. How does one go about doing that in, in a more in a more of a practical way? Is there any advice that you, you can give to someone on, on how they can maybe stop and, and take stock? Well, you could start with a personal SWOT. So we think about SWOT and we will do it for businesses. We will do it for organisations, but we actually don't do it for ourselves. And if we actually stopped and looked at what are our strengths and not just the strengths in the job that you are doing, but actually the strengths in life, you know, that you may be a problem solver at home. That's a strength, even if you're not necessarily currently bringing it to the workplace look at the, the, the reasons people come to you, whether that's in work or otherwise, why do they come to you? You know, those calls where somebody will say, do you know, I just really need to talk to you because I've got this problem or there's this thing that I, I need. And you'll start to see that there is a pattern there. Looking, look at your weaknesses. And I think the weaknesses are really, um, a really powerful thing to be able to identify them. And we often think that if I've got a weakness, I need to make it a strength. No, you need to identify it as a weakness and some of those things that you can strengthen, but some of them that you're probably never going to be able to strengthen in a major way. So actually, it's about having strategies to be able to to navigate through that. But once it is that you know what it is, it's easier for you to navigate. So if you look at the strengths and weaknesses, which are internal, once it is you've identified your, your strengths, that you can now start to see, actually, there's some opportunities that I hadn't seen before because I didn't realise that that was a strength. And then in relation to the weaknesses, that actually, because it is that I'm weak in that area and I have never looked at it or addressed it, that actually there's some threats there that could possibly derail me, make me feel crappy or not provide me with the access to opportunities because that's weakness. So it's that whole bit of actually sitting down, giving yourself space to sit down and reflect and then ask the people in your life that know you, that have kind of like spent time with you. If you feel comfortable asking them, people that you work with or even your boss and, and asking the people, the, the, your family, your friends, where what are my strengths or what are my weaknesses so that you've got a better understanding of how you are showing up and what it is that you are saying to yourself. Actually, another great exercise is get a blank piece of paper, divide it into two, and on the one side, write all of the things that you say about yourself and to yourself over a week. You'd be amazed at some of the things that we say consistently, like, I'm not good enough or I can't do that, or that's never going to work, or whatever it is, and actually identify those things and write them down. And those are the facts, because that's what it is that you're, you're saying. And in the second column, write the truth. Because that whole idea that you aren't good enough, actually, if you look back, look at the journey that you've travelled, you realise that's not true, because in order for me to get here, I needed to be good enough 
to get here. And so you start to realize that sometimes the things that we say to ourselves aren't the truth. They may be facts based on something, but they're not the truth. Absolute treasure trove of advice there. I absolutely love it. Personal SWAT. I know all of the, everyone listening, especially all the CAs will resonate with that. Um, asking those around you. I think that's a very, very important piece. And I love that piece around splitting what you say to yourself and, and the truth, right? More often than not, what we what we say to ourselves can often manifest itself and becomes a bit of a mm. self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So some really, really useful advice there. Moving on slightly, Carol, um, in terms of during the pandemic, we all had to get used to operating more in a virtual world with meetings on Zoom and Teams and webinars replacing in-person events. And now for CAs, um, networking is a hugely important part of, of, of their uh, professional career to make important connections. Um, what advice would you have with regards to networking and personal branding in that virtual world? It goes back to if you just own who it is that you are, you decide how it is that I'm going to show up because actually this is who it is I am or this is how it is I want to, to be seen and I'm bringing all of the bits into alignment with that and that's how it is that I'm showing up. And so whether or not it is that you are on, on a Zoom, because webinars you don't see anybody, but um, on a Zoom, then just show up as you because that whole energy, it, it actually transcends the screen. I've discovered in the last um, 12 months, the times where people have said to me, I can feel your energy in the room with me, which in the first instance, I thought that was weird because like, seriously, you're in New Jersey, I'm in London. Um, How's that possible? But it's that whole element that who you are is so much greater than just your physical presence. It's that energy. So the moment it is that you know and understand who you are and believe that every time you show up, you bring value of some kind. Sometimes you may not know exactly what it is that it looks like, but if you believe that when I show up and I say something or interact with somebody, I'm adding value, then you will show up in that way. And people will connect because I believe that the whole element is that you're trying to connect with people's hearts. I believe that the brain is the engine of the body, but the heart is the engine of life. And that when it is that you are connecting, you're connecting with the heart because you know when it is that you've met somebody and it's kind of all up here and they're talking about X, Y and Z. There is just something that you haven't quite connected with. And that's because there isn't a heart to heart connection. And whilst that may sound woo woo, um, actually, if you think about the people that you don't know that you have connected with, what was it about them that made you want to connect. It wasn't the information that they were sharing. It was who they are, because because people buy from people. And then the other side of that is that if you are on something and you have access to um, information, like if you see somebody on there that you think actually they were really great or I'd really like to, to speak to them, follow up. I often said that the reason I wasn't a great tennis player was because that whole follow through, yeah. Um, but that whole element of don't wait for people to come to you. If you've seen somebody that actually I'd really like to connect with them, then follow up and talk about something that either the experience that you've shared or something that they might have said so that they know that actually you are connecting with them and not their position. 
absolutely love that. I think you got right to the crux of the issue, right? You got to show up as you got to show up as you. And I love I love that piece around energy transcending the screen. But most importantly, it's that human connection. It's that heart to heart connection. And I think you know that that really hits a nail on the head. And more often than not, we can get caught up with people's roles or their identity in terms of their role, but actually forget to connect with the person as an individual and to understand them. So, and then now thinking about it slightly more operationally and in still being in that virtual world, you know, there's so many different platforms. You've got social media, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter, you've got TikTok, if that's if that's your thing, right? You've you've got so many different ways to present yourself in that virtual world, and some people may sometimes find that quite exhausting or quite overwhelming um, in terms of trying to be everywhere. Um, at all times what what advice do you have in terms of navigating that first of all I'd say stop there are a multitude of, of platforms as you so rightly said you don't need to be on all of them I would say that you need to start with a strategy why are you on them at all I think that sometimes we start off with the tools and the tactics oh yeah I really need to do this take a step back and identify why are you thinking about utilising these platforms and then create a strategy for yourself in order to be able to do that? I would say, who's your audience? Who are you trying to connect with? Which platforms are they on? And you probably find that they aren't necessarily on all of them. And then really to identify what is it that you feel comfortable with based on the platforms where it is that the people that you're trying to connect with are. So if you are um, a kind of a visual person, then actually you're going to use more imagery. If you are about creating videos, then you will use more video. And what's the great thing about all platforms now is that they are, you can use all visual text video on actually all platforms. So decide on why it is that you are going to be there in the first place. And then start to put together a strategy for the people that you want to connect with, identifying where it is that they are, and then looking at your medium of choice and actually starting with that. And then you could actually use, if you did a video, you could also create text from the video. You could create images from the video. So if you start with your strong point and then use that to repurpose content that you can be in more than one place but I would suggest that you're not in more than not in more than three places but actually start with one and do it well because it's more about the consistency and the connection and connect and engage so actually if you're always looking at how do I connect with the people that I'm here to serve or I want to connect with and how can I get them engaging because we have got the whole vanity matrix type thing where I need 10,000 followers on X or I need 10,000 followers over there. And that makes me somebody or that makes me an influencer. And I want to say to you that you are already an influencer because when you show up and connect with one person, you are influencing and having an impact in that space. And so you're not looking for large numbers. You're looking for quality. So if you can get 100 engaged people, it's actually more valuable than 10,000 people that you can just say that I've got 10,000 people following me. So don't let, you know, the whole social media thing overwhelm you. Just decide on a starting point, but have a strategy to do it. 
It's fantastic. You know, quality over quantity, develop a strategy, identify your audience and really connect with them and repurpose content. So much, so much useful insights there. So thank you for that, Carol. Um, and now, you know, thinking ahead and, and, and thinking about some more the face-to-face world. And as we begin to return to a world that resembles one that we were used to pre-COVID, many of us may need to relearn how to network again in person. So what, what are your tips for making a great impression? I will go back to that whole basics of you really need to know this is who I am and then show up in that way. And set yourself a goal, like, actually, this week, I want to make five new connections or two new connections or one. But actually just setting yourself a goal and realising that networking is not about you telling people all about you. It's about you connecting with the person and finding out more about them. If you think about the experiences that you've had over the years, the people that have kind of said to you, tell me a little bit more about you. Actually, you've got different listening for them than the people that have said, oh, this is me and this is what I do and this is what it is I'm about and all of those kind of things. So actually look at how it is that you can connect and engage with the person that you're speaking to. And one of the things I challenge you to do is create what I'm referring to as a UCP. Like we talk about um, in the whole marketing world, you've probably heard about USP, your unique selling proposition, unique selling point. I actually think it's a UCP, which is a unique conversation point. So actually, when it is that you are going to speak to somebody, rather than necessarily talking in the traditional way about what it is that you are doing, talk perhaps about the impact what you are doing is having on the people is that you're doing it for. You know, that, you know, the the other day I was working with so-and-so and by getting their accounts in alignment, they were able to go and sit in the park for you know, two hours and they haven't done that for the last 10 years or, you know, just kind of something that actually made people think, oh, that sounds interesting. And it's a non-traditional way of saying, yeah, I'm a CA and I work for this company or I work for myself. Actually, what I do is, and it's look at the impact and the transformation that you have, because I think that all of us, we're in the solution providing business. So what you are doing is providing the the people that you are serving with a solution talk solutions talk transformations as opposed to the thing that you are doing Mm. it's really stripping back the layer going a little bit deeper in terms of what you're doing rather than the headlines and i love that and to your first point around really listening it reminds me of the feedback that i i had early on my career and i still get reminded of by my wife that you know i've got two ears and one mouth so I've got to use it in that right proportion <laughs> <laughs> yes um and so you know within the ICAT membership you know we have a CAs who who range from those just starting out in their career to members who are senior leaders and CEOs of some of the most well-known organizations around the world and now I think I know what your answer is going to be to some of this, but I really want to ask you this question in terms of how would a newly qualified CA approach personal branding differently to one who is already well established in their career? Essentially, it's exactly the same in terms of knowing who it is that you are. The difference would be that in terms of somebody that's established in their career, that we get 
I guess kind of a bit kind of complacent because this is how it is and we just keep going. But that whole stop and check because you are not the same person today as you were yesterday because of the experiences you had yesterday. You've got a new perspective. You've got a new skill set. You've got new strengths because you've needed to navigate the things from yesterday. So as a seasoned pro, what is it on your journey? Where are the skills and the strengths that you have honed and developed or even discovered as a result of what it is that you're going through? And actually, it's a bit like polishing your sparkle. Mm -hmm. The, The whole thing is that you know who you are. But stuff has happened and you've forgotten about that that bit and how it is that, that you've grown in that. Because I think that in terms of growth, it's easy to say, I'll put on weight. And there's a whole COVID weight thing. But it's easy to say put on weight. But in terms of other things, we've not really got any markers to identify our growth, whether it be emotionally, whether it be spiritually. We've got no real markers for that. Mm. So actually, if you stopped and took, a stock of actually the last month or the last year or whatever I've had these situations that I've had to deal with and actually I oh that's a new strategy that I didn't realize that I had or that I was using right and I can put that in my toolkit now and so now I'm actually showing up more brighter as a result of that but it all comes back down to know who you are understand the value you bring to the table and show up unapologetically on purpose and as a seasoned pro you've now got more value to bring because of the experience that you've had in that particular industry as someone starting out you've got experience and expertise based on the journey that you've made through life to this point Some 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 fantastic insights there, Carol. And I, I think you know I suspected the first part of the, the 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 answer in terms of knowing who you are. Right, that's the that's the real crux of this. And I and I love that you're hammering that point home because more often than not, it's easier said than than done. Um, and you've got some really useful insights of how to really identify that. Changing tack slightly, Carol. Um, what advice could you have to staying true to your personal brand? when you may be in a position where it's quite different to the approach of your superiors, let's say? Well, the first thing, and it's, and it's still, I'm still going to go back to, to, to knowing you, but knowing you and understanding your values. Because if your values are totally out of sync with either the organisation or the person it is that, that is your manager, then maybe you need to make some other decisions. Because in that case, it's probably never going to... 100% improve but it also may mean that if you're aware that actually my values and their values are different you can make the adjustments needed to be able to cope in that space because oftentimes that our values are at odds but we haven't identified our values and we keep knocking against things and we don't understand why and that if we understood that actually my value is to contribute and they don't want me to contribute they just want to tell me things but they don't want me to contribute to that. So every time it is that I'm in that situation, I'm going to feel angst. I'm going to feel all kinds of different emotions. But if I know that actually that's what I, I, I want to do, my value is to contribute. They don't want me to contribute there, but that's okay. I'm going to find a way to contribute in my job so that value is being taken care of. So I understand where they are coming from and I that's no longer going to impact me in the same way because I understand it. 
Because being you, there are some people that are not going to like you. But you're not looking for your employer or your manager to actually to like you. You want them to respect you so that you can do the best job it is that you can do. And I think that sometimes we get that mixed up with, I want them to like me and they don't like me and the way that they're doing things is they don't like me. It doesn't matter. They don't have to like you. You want them to respect you and they will respect you if you know who you are and you consistently show up as you and bring value to the table. Because everybody everybody res respects or appreciates value because the, your manager's got targets to meet or things to or whatever it is for them. And if you are consistently helping them to do that, even if they don't like you, they will respect that. And that's a very, very important distinction there about it's not about being liked, it's about being respected. And mm. that is delivered through providing value, right? So I know some really, really useful insights there. Um, ICAS recently uh, published uh, an article which uh, examined uh, the phenomenon of the imposter syndrome and how those who experience it, you know, have greater difficulty realizing and communicating their success. And I know I've I've personally openly talked about this as a senior office bearer of the organization and that imposter syndrome and part of, you know, breaking down those barriers of leading from the front and talking about it. But I wanted to get your advice in terms of what what advice would you give to someone who might be feeling um, this way, feeling yeah. like they're an imposter? I think that that's an easy thing to to fall into, and particularly that now society's got a label for it as well. So actually, when it's, it looks like this, oh yeah, that's what it is. And I I know that I keep saying this, and I will say it again because when you know who you are and you understand the value you bring to the table, you are no longer an imposter when it is that you show up because you are bringing value. You know, so I may not be able to, um, I'm using a random analogy. I may be in, a, in, in gymnastics. I may not be able to do a headstand, but you know what? I can, I can do the lunches or I can do something to support the team that can do that. So I, you no longer feel like, well, I'm on the team and actually will anybody find me out? They'll, they'll, they'll suddenly realize that I can't do that. Ooh, I need to hide so that they, yeah. But when you know who you are, and I mean really know who, who it is that you are, and understand your strengths and your weaknesses. So you now know that actually that's a weakness of mine, but I can find, a, a, I've got a strategy to be able to deal with that. That just reminded me of Henry Ford when he was taken to court for being ignorant or something along those lines. Um, and they were asking lots of questions about things like how many people came back from World War Two or whatever. And he was answering some of the questions and then said, I don't know the answer, but I know how to get the answer if I need to. And I think it's that whole element of this is who I am. These are my strengths and these are the, my areas of weakness. And I know that when it is that I, if this, I'm called upon to do this, I actually am unable to fulfill it, but I know how to navigate that. Because now when you show up, you don't show up thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope that they don't ask me about that thing that um, that I know I can't do. Or I, I hope that they, oh, they I hope they don't find out that I don't know how to do that. Because you are saying this is who I am and I'm consistently adding value when I show up so that when it is that that's an area of weakness, 
that actually I know how to navigate it because I've already looked at it. I've already been able to identify that for myself. And so, you know, you're no longer feeling like somebody might find me out or actually I really shouldn't be here because yes, you should, because you bring value. And perhaps also the other thing to do is to create your own definition for success. Because I think that so often our definition of success is based on somebody else's definition. And if we fall short of that, so therefore we can't possibly have been successful or we won't be successful because we can't do that. But if you define it for yourself, then actually you're living up to your own kind of values, your own um, definition of things. Create your own definition of success. Very, very important. And I'm so glad you've you can you 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 have throughout this episode, and you continue to do so. Draw that message home of knowing who you are, and know the value that you bring to the table. It's easier said than done, and it's a very, very important message to allow you to be unapologetically yourself. Carol, um, I think I feel like we could uh, we could go on for for hours. Um, thank you so much um, for the time and, and sharing your insights and for your time at this recent CA summit as well. Um, if any of our members wanted to connect with you or reach out to you or hear more about some of the work that you're doing, um, how could they do so? Seeing as everybody's on LinkedIn, and if you're not, you should be, then find me on LinkedIn. And I'm Carol Pike, and that's C A R O L E. And it's P-Y-K-E. Find me there, drop me a line and let's have a conversation because it's time to sparkle. And as I've said, and I'm going to say it again, know who you are, understand the value you bring to the table and show up unapologetically on purpose. And when they are in alignment, quite literally, magic happens. And what's more important, it is the fingerprint on everything you do, the footprint you leave behind and how it is that you connect with people's hearts. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Carol, for this absolute masterclass on personal branding. And we hope to see you uh, again soon. Thank you.